You're listening to Parkrun Magazine, now produced in a way you can listen to. Each episode of the audio magazine is full of features about getting started on a more active lifestyle, tips and ideas about becoming healthier and happier, plus, of course, stories about the communities around Parkrun events. Hello again. Welcome to episode two of the first series of the audio version of Parkrun Magazine, featuring some of the stories we published in issue one of the printed mag. Coming up in this episode, we'll hear about ways all of us can incorporate hills into the ways we get active, and we don't have to be super fit to do it. An international athlete and two running coaches share a few tips and tricks. Plus, it's time to take a trip into the forest discovering how being out in nature among the trees can be really beneficial for your physical and mental health. Let's get started. Being in the forest or just under the trees in your local park can reset your mood and give you the chance to unwind. Psychotherapist Ruth Allen explained more in issue one of Parkrun magazine. Her words are voiced by an actor. Yesterday, the trees stood silent and unmoving as statues just visible through a flat grey mist that covered sky to ground, making it difficult to see where anything started or finished. Somewhere, a robin shouted into the gloom, a lone bark echoed in the distance and, shoving my hands into my pockets, I hurried quickly through the woods as the light faded, trying not to look back. Tomorrow, the morning light will crisscross the same forest floor in golden slats, revealing slick tree roots and illuminating damp patches of pine needles that will soon release that distinctive scent into the warming air above. A lick of wind will move the tops high up in the canopy, but at ground level it will be damp, almost cosy and alive with bird conversation and ants busy with their early work. I work in the forest too, not in a conventional sense, but with people looking to improve their emotional and psychological health. I'm a psychotherapist, and my specialism is taking counselling outdoors into places that help people heal. I choose forested areas deliberately, because in them we meet mystery and metaphor, endless interconnected complexity and continual transitions, to name just a few highlights. Whether your local forest is an ancient deciduous broadleaf or non-native planted pine, both offer different aspects of themselves to the human imagination, which might explain why we are so enchanted by forests and have been since we told each other tall stories around the first campfire. Forests possess a rich and deep mythology all of their own, which is found in many cultures around the world but especially those in the forested global north. Forests have always called to us and frightened us in equal measures, drawing us in with their tricksy light, heady smell and sense of magic, but keeping us out with their shadows creaking and man-eating monsters. Forests are places of magical refuge where we might meet enchanted creatures, but they also carry unknown shape-shifting perils. Will we come out alive and still be fully human? Will we come out at all? Of course, the invitation of every dark forest and its mysteries is the opportunity for a hero to emerge. Forests call us into their in-between world, with the promise of transformation on some level, 
and we have never been able to resist their gnarled limbs pulling us in. But whether or not you believe in the magic of tree deities and wood nymphs, forests are, in a much more factual sense, never the same place twice. While many environments support the health and well-being of humans and other animals, forests are truly remarkable for their sheer richness of life and ever-changing light, mood and atmosphere. In a place constantly transitioning through birth, growth and decay, forests are the perfect places to meet ourselves, as well as our deepest wishes and fears. Forests and woodlands have something for us in all seasons, regardless of the time we have to give to them. Whether it's a regular and solitudinous green break under an oak during working hours, exploring a new trail one summer evening with your faithful dog, or heading out with friends and family at the weekend, forests are a gift that have been proven time and again to improve human health. They offer full sensory engagement that is both restorative and enlivening, increasing positive mood and calming the nervous system often at the same time. You don't need to look far to find beauty and awe in the trees and the life they support, both of which are important for long-term well-being and even the reduction of inflammation. Forests boost our immune systems, increase the production of anti-cancer proteins, reduce hypertension and lower blood pressure. The evidence for their healthiness grows as fast as the understory. If we so choose, forests are literally places for rest, whether through the mindful and meditative qualities of, for example, forest bathing or body kind, low-impact activities that we might call active rest. We are perhaps all aware that there is the rest that comes from complete stillness and the rest that comes from the gentle momentum and concomitant break in rumination that walking offers so well. Drizzly trails and sun-puddled glades are ideal for taking a break from intense training, intense work patterns, intensive life situations generally, and offer your body a chance to unwind and drop into the ambient, restorative sights and sounds of leaves falling or rain being filtered like thoughts through branches that hang far away from the crowds and cars and overstimulation of bright screens and online calls. In the end, the magic of forests lies not only in what they are and what they can do, but for how they can make us feel along the way. Forests are themselves the most remarkable communities. Yes, they are places for solitude, silence and contemplation away from the busier world of people, but they are also alive with rich connections. Forests are deeply interconnected systems where everything depends on each other to communicate and thrive. They teach us how to be better together. Fungal networks communicate with the roots of trees. Trees communicate hormonally with each other. Big trees shelter emerging trees, and all support an endless fractal unfolding of life, even in death. When we step into the forest, we step into a community in which we are invited to play a role, and find a sense of belonging. While we might go into the woods alone, if we open our senses we cannot dwell for long in the loneliness. We can be a part of life in the forest every time we enter it, offering it our interest, 
our time, care and guardianship. Trusting it will always meet us where we are with something new, something dynamic, something healthy and something enlivening. We only have to step in. Let's find out more about forests in the UK. Did you know that 13.2% of land surface in the UK is made up of forest, woodlands and trees and that this figure is set to keep growing? These precious habits and ecosystems are vital for biodiversity as well as future climate security and human health. In England, Forestry England manages and cares for the nation's 1,500 woods and forests, shaping landscapes and enhancing forests for people to enjoy, wildlife to flourish and businesses to grow. Forestry England maintains 320 km of varied waymark trails, giving walkers, joggers and runners of all abilities the chance to enjoy fresh air, inspiring scenery and freedom. Ellen Devine is Wellbeing Projects Manager at Forestry England and a Parkrun Ambassador. Whatever the season, when you are in the forest landscape, there's so much to observe and sense. And it really is a win-win for our bodies and our minds, she says. Our network of waymark trails offers routes for people of all abilities and gives people confidence in finding a route that works best for them. To find your next adventure, Try Forestry England's Find a Forest tool. You might be surprised by what's on your doorstep or just a short journey away. While we're in the forest, here are four forest park runs you might want to try. Garva Forest in County Londonderry covers more than 200 hectares. Some of its trees are more than 80 years old, while others were planted at the turn of the century. It's renowned for its seasonal flowers bluebells in spring and foxgloves and common spotted orchids during the summer. The two-lap Saturday Park Run route follows trail paths. During its life, the Forest of Dean in Gloucestershire has been home to coal mining, hunting by members of the royal family, and it was the source of the timber for Tudor warships. During the year, Saturday morning park runners and juniors on Sunday experience the appearance of the course changing with the seasons. Now to Fuscali Forest in Perthshire. During the 19th century, the owners of Fuscali House created a model woodland, which today is home to a fantastic selection of bird life, including herons, kingfishers and golden-eyed ducks, and a rich mix of tree species that are particularly beautiful during autumn. The parkrun course is entirely on trail paths. Finally, let's visit Newborough Forest in Anglesey. Trail paths and grass take Saturday morning parkrunners through the Corsican Pines, which were originally planted in the mid-20th century in order to stabilise the sand dunes. The course also runs alongside the beachfront, which offers a stunning view of Clanwidden Island. We've all been guilty of it. Walk the long way round so we don't have to go up the hill. Strategically go five miles to another park run so we don't have to tackle a steep slope. But incorporating hills into our routine can have real health benefits. We talked to two coaches and an international athlete to find out more. Moving uphill is great for improving fitness, but that doesn't mean we have to sprint up the slope. Physiotherapist and running coach Emanuela Vola says we can build our endurance. If you run uphill slowly, your heart and your lungs will really work hard. 
Improving efficiency in your cardiovascular system like this is a great way of building aerobic and anaerobic endurance, as well as fitness, without having to do lots of miles. But telling yourself, I'm going to run up lots of hills today, might actually make you decide to stay in and put the kettle on instead. While dedicating some time to a hill session is valuable, you can incorporate hills in a more relaxed way into your regular walk, jog or run. British long-distance runner Charlotte Perdue says she sometimes just does her long run on hills. It's not a specific hill session or hill workout, she explains. It's just a hilly run. So it's at any pace that I want. I'm just running for time, like two hours, but I'm running up and down hills. And I actually find that quite a beneficial way to get hills into my week without battering my legs because it's more casual. When you're choosing a hill, think about what you want to get out of the experience. If you're practising for a park run and you'll be walking, jogging or running on grass, then find a grass slope. If you've decided to take on a challenge on road, find a slope on pavement. Stay safe. Check out whether the pavement is wide and the stones are even. Emanuela Vola suggests you look at your surroundings. How does a hill change over time, he asks. How steep does it start? How steep does it finish? Adam Clark of Purdue Performance adds, there is not one gradient of hill that is right. Find the hill that suits you best. If starting, we advise a small gradient as you can then build confidence and in time progress the gradient. Check the hill out first, walk up it slowly to get an idea of how the gradient changes and whether there are any hazards. When people say hill session, what do they mean? Adam Clark says it's a specific style of interval run where the aim is to work harder and faster up the hill. An interval session involves hard work, running fast, walking quickly, for short periods, followed by recovery periods where you move more slowly. Decide how many times you think you can get yourself up the hill and then come down, moving slower. Of course, you don't have to run up a hill. I think there's this perception around hill running where everyone thinks you've got to sprint up hills, says Adam Clark. I don't know where everyone's got it from, but I think that's what puts people off. Walking or walk running builds confidence and fitness. Set yourself a target of running for 30 seconds, then walking for a minute, or longer or shorter, depending on what works for you, or running to a lamppost, then walking to the next one. So how do you run up a hill? Keep your torso upright, advises Emmanuel Avola. I'd say look about 10 metres in front of you. A lot of people look down at their feet and it's one of the worst things you can do because you end up closing your chest and you won't get enough air into your lungs. Your arms help you to walk, jog and run. So make sure you're moving your arms at a pace consistent with your legs. If your legs get slower, don't keep swinging your arms. And remember not to go too fast too early. You want to progress through the sprint, says Avola. If it's cold and rainy, the last thing you might feel like doing is going out and moving up a hill. If you've got access to a treadmill, Charlotte Purdue says, Another good way to incorporate hill training is on the treadmill. It's an easier way to do it as well. 
because you can set the incline to say 5% and start off doing 5 intervals and then, maybe in 2 weeks time, increase it to a 7% incline so you can easily monitor the progression. Now it's your turn. Physiotherapist and running coach Emanuela Vola has created four sessions to help you integrate hills into your walking, jogging or running practice. He's explained what each session is designed for, as well as offering practical suggestions for what to do. Here's how to use these resources. These hill sessions are a guide. Each plan may not be perfect for everyone. That's okay. Do what feels comfortable for you. Remember that a session may sometimes not turn out the way we have suggested here. That's okay too. You don't have to complete the whole session. Just try to keep your effort roughly the same for the entire time you are moving. Also, it's important to think about what you do before or after your hill session. This can determine how the body feels. What you eat and when you eat can also be important. Do you need to wait a while between eating and getting active so you don't get a stitch or an upset stomach? Do you find that certain foods give you more energy than others? This first session is for anyone wanting to add hills to their regular walking, jogging or running routine. This session is all about getting started with training on a hill. The aim of hill walking or running is to develop your overall fitness and to build strength and power. Find a hill that you can easily walk up without too much effort. Something that allows you to work hard enough that you can still count out loud or talk to a friend. Once you have walked up that hill, run a part of that hill for 10 steps. If you feel comfortable, try that again. Don't worry if 10 steps is too much. Run for 6 and walk for 10. This run-walk variation will help to increase your fitness. Now, here's a session for people who want to improve their speed. Hills can help you to improve your speed by working your body in short, sharp bursts. Increasing your speed requires working on different ways. Your body uses its available energy and building muscle strength. Energy is essential so that we can power our muscles. What we eat becomes fuel, which our body stores. The type of fuel depends on what you eat and your body uses this during your session. These systems, just like everything in our bodies, need training and help so that they can coordinate and work together. Find a hill and aim to go hard up it for 10 to 25 seconds. Pushing off the ground and creating momentum is key. If you are unable to maintain your top speed through this whole time period, Perhaps the gradient of the hill is too steep. After each time you climb the hill, return to the bottom and make sure you have two minutes or more recovery before starting again. As an example, try three to five repetitions of 10 to 25 seconds, going as fast as you can manage. Would you like to improve your endurance? This type of session is all about moving at a consistent pace for as long as possible. Find a hill that isn't too steep, something that you can run up for at least a minute. The aim is to raise your heart rate and keep it high for an extended period. One tip is taking short steps, which should make you less likely to need to stop. Moving at a consistent pace on a hill for more than 90 seconds can make a profound difference to your cardiovascular health and fitness. This type of hill session really gets you breathing heavily. And that's the point. But make sure that after each 90 second effort, 
you take long enough recoveries so that the next time you go up the hill, you can hit maximum heart rate again. Here's an example of what you could do. 5 to 8 repetitions of 50 to 90 seconds, moving at 50 to 70% of your maximum speed. And finally, would you like to use the hills to help you feel stronger? This session is all about working until you are fatigued. A medium gradient hill works well for helping you to build strength and power. So something not so steep. You cannot see the top, but nothing too flat. Work on really pushing until you can no longer keep moving up the hill. The speed you move is not a sprint. It is a steady 60% effort. Make sure you keep control and move faster than you would for the endurance session we just talked through, but slower than during the speed session, which was our second example. It really is your medium pace. Try 4-6 to six repetitions of 60 to 120 seconds. That's 1 to 2 minutes. Moving at 60% of your maximum speed. Do you feel as if you can smell the leaves and trees right now? Perhaps you're even listening to this while you're spending time outside in a forest. And if you're taking a holiday in the UK and looking for a park run to try, maybe we've inspired you to find an event among the trees. Coming up in episode 3, we tell the life story of Parkrun's founder, Paul Sinton Hewitt, as well as taking a look at Parkrun's own inclusive activewear brand, Contra. And if you're a Parkrun statistics nut, we've got a great story for you. Thank you for listening to Parkrun magazine. We hope you like the features and enjoyed our simple ways to take steps towards a happier and healthier life. To find out more about your local Parkrun event or collect a free copy of the printed magazine, head over to magazine.parkrun.com. Parkrun magazine is created by Parkrun with the audio version made possible through editing and audio adaptation by Imogen Lees and production by Light the Wind Media and Runcom. If you enjoyed listening, please remember to subscribe, leave a review or share it with others. That's all for this episode. We hope you enjoy the next one.